The holiday treat behind the 11th door of the elementary advent calendar is polarizing to say the very least. Many may even take issue with it being called a treat. The origins of the dish, like so many, have been lost to time, but legends include Viking attacks and St. Patrick's attempt to poison Viking raiders. is excited to present you with the 2021 Elementary Advent Calendar, a tasty countdown to 2022, full of mini-episodes highlighting holiday food traditions and memories from all over the world. We don't want you to miss any treats, so be sure to tune in daily from December 1st to December 26th. The traditional dish behind door number 11 is none other than lutefisk. Now this is a dish that I relate to being raised in a very Norwegian household. Essentially, it's cod that's been dried and then soaked in lye to reconstitute. Now, before you get all weird about lye, here's a couple of food facts for you. The ingredient that gives pretzels that gorgeous deep mahogany color is lye. You can thank lye for the shiny surface on your everything bagel. The olives used to make the briny tapenade, yep, cured in lye. The only difference is that none of these foods advertise the questionable ingredient like our lutefisk does. Lutefisk literally means lye fish. As I said, this dish is polarizing. I asked my friends on social media what they thought of the dish, and the answers ranged from the vomiting green sick-faced emoji to love, love, love. When I asked my sister, this was her response. So what can I say about my thoughts on lutefisk? I believe it was developed initially to strike fear into the hearts of young Norwegian children. Because as we go older, we all know we lose our taste buds and thus the older generation somehow have convinced themselves that it is a delicious concoction. Personally, of all the different unique foods I've tried over the years, just the smell of lutefisk prevents me from even trying a bite. So there you go. Probably will never happen in my lifetime unless it's shoved down my throat while I'm in a coma. And this is in line with some of the social media responses. Love the lefsa, not the lutefisk. It makes the house smell terrible. Lefsa's good eating. Lutefisk is... Um, challenging? But my favorite, not a fan, boiled Vaseline. Now, not everyone has such a negative response to lutefisk. In fact, for some people like my Auntie Kay, it is a touchstone to family and culture. Lutefisk was just part of Christmas. We had it every year along with lots of melted butter. And remember, we lived on the farm, so we had lots of cream and we made our own butter. And we ate it along with lefsa and meatballs. And as a child, I had no idea where we got it, but learned later that lutefisk was sold from a barrel outside of the store, probably because of the smell. Also interesting, as a child, I don't recall that it had an intense smell. And I guess because we grew up eating it, I don't recall not liking it. It was part of Christmas. And all of my family, my dad's and my mom's side of the family, were all Norwegian, so lutefisk was part of both families at Christmas. I do recall mom warming it up the next day with a cream gravy. I don't recall liking it that way. And then also our church had a lutefisk meatball dinner. And I recall Aunt Mabel making the meatballs in the church basement. She made them the size of a quarter. That always fascinated me. And I can still see her in the church kitchen making them. As an adult, Dale didn't like lutefisk, so I never cooked it. 
but the church had a dinner every year, which I never missed. The older boys would usually go with me, but did not eat the lutefisk, but enjoyed the meatballs, lefsa, and the sweet soup. Leah, I think it's another one of those foods that fits into the category. It's not the food, but the memories it brings. Actually, choke me up right now. Remember all the good times. I love you. In line with this, these memories came up from my request on social media. Years ago, it was one of our rare meals out, so we would go to our grandma's church for the lutefisk dinner. The men would be outside doing the lutefisk soaked in lye. The smell was bad, but the dinner was great. I was a fussy eater, so it must have been the butter. Grandma had it for the holidays. I remember going to Sykes to pick it up. Mom had me pick it out. It was packed in lye, and I would smell it. If it smelled sweet, we bought it. If it smelled sour, we kept looking. Love it. But it took a few years. Had it every Christmas Eve at Grandpa Hank's, at the church, and of course, Sons of Norway. No one can definitively pinpoint the origin of this lye-soaked fish. One legend that I really like is that a small fishing village was attacked by a neighboring Viking clan. In addition to plundering the village, this riotous group set fire to the racks of cod that were drying. When the terrified villagers came back, they doused the drying racks with water to put out the fire. The fish not entirely burned, soaked in puddles of water and birch ash. Now, when you soak ash in water, a resulting component is sodium hydroxide, or lye. When they returned to clean up the mess, they discovered that the fish had actually taken on a fresh fish appearance. Now, preserved fish was very important as a protein source during the hard winter months, especially in northern Europe. Because of the lack of salt available, the fish would have been dried in the sun. The resulting product was known as stockfish. Now, during the Middle Ages, the stockfish trade boomed. To eat this preserved fish, it needed to be soaked in water and then boiled. The higher quality stockfish took less resources to reconstitute, meaning that it was boiled for a shorter period of time. The lower quality fish needed to be boiled longer. It suggested that ash may have been added to the boiling water to help break down the protein, speeding up the process. It seems likely that the introduction of lye was not entirely intentional and really was a result of trying to use the least amount of resources for a lesser quality fish. In the late 19th century, the early 20th century, the collapse of traditional farming in Norway saw almost one million of its population leave for America. These poor destitute immigrants likely brought lutefisk to America with them. I imagine that it provided a great deal of comfort and familiarity to them as they forged across the nation to settle in some of the harshest environments that we have to offer here. And like my Auntie Kay says, I think it fits into a category. It's not the food, but the memory it brings. So before you crinkle up your nose at live fish or any other seemingly weird dish, I ask you to remember that for someone, somewhere, it's likely a tie to their culture, community, and some really powerful memories. Now behind tomorrow's door is another polarizing treat, though it's much sweeter than lutefisk. Listen as Kim and Lacey talk about a cake that oftentimes gets a really bad rap. If you find yourself hungry for a larger portion of how food connects, defines, and inspires, be sure to subscribe to As We Eat wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We also publish the As We Eat journal on Substack. We would be honored if you would support us by becoming a subscriber at asweeat.substack.com. Happy holidays from Leigh and Cam. There too.